This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. If the Trudeau Liberal Government's Online News Act, Bill C-18, becomes law, Meta says it will ensure Canadians no longer have access to news on Facebook or Instagram. Reports implicate Ontario Progressive Conservative member of the provincial parliament Vincent Ke in a Chinese foreign interference network directed by China's Toronto consulate during the 2019 federal election. And after being found guilty of violating Canada's ethics laws for awarding a contract to a friend, International Trade Minister Mary Eng says she did not consider resigning or even repaying the money to taxpayers. Hello Canada, it's Monday, March 13th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Anthony Fury. And I'm Andrew Lawton. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. News stories on Facebook and Instagram may no longer be accessible by Canadians if the federal government's Online News Act becomes law, so says the company behind those popular platforms. On Saturday, Meta spokesperson Lisa Laventer announced the decision saying, quote, a legislative framework that compels us to pay for links or content that we do not post and which are not the reason the vast majority of people use our platforms is neither sustainable nor workable. Heritage Minister Pablo Rodriguez responded saying, quote, once again, it's disappointing to see that Facebook has resorted to threats instead of working with the Canadian government in good faith. This tactic didn't work in Australia, and it won't work here. Tech giants have long opposed the proposed law, Bill C-18, which would force companies like Meta and Google to negotiate deals with Canadian media companies for linking their content online. Google recently began a test to limit access to news for some Canadian users, with users reporting online that, yes, they were unable to access many links. Andrew, this is an interesting ongoing saga, and the basics of it are are kind of curious. The idea that people post all sorts of things on Facebook, including links to news, and even though you're not having to, I guess, pay or be charged, or there's no monetary transaction when you post your family photos, or you post, hey, there's a business I like. If you post, hey, I like this news story, that is apparently something where Facebook is expected to pay to that news content provider. And they're really bridling at this. Absolutely. And I, I think that the government is really using disingenuous language here when Minister Pablo Rodriguez says that these companies aren't bargaining in good faith. Well, the whole point of this bill is to impose on these companies an obligation to pay large sums of money to Canadian news publishers. So I, I actually think the uh, tech companies here are responding to hardball with hardball. Yeah, certainly. And I'm really familiar, of course, with the situations that have happened in the Canadian news media landscape over the past decade, past 15 years, where moving to the online model, to social media model, uh, different ways of ads being purchased have posed an existential challenge to the news media business model. And we've heard a lot of news media companies speak with the government about different ways to help them sort of segue into the future, into new business models 
the question is, should Facebook sort of be the fall guy for all of this? Or should one even rightfully describe them as the fall guy? Because that's how they're uh, attempting to portray this. Yeah. And of course, the government is using the big corporate boogeyman approach to this, making these greedy tech companies out to be the problem when there is really a fundamental question of fairness here. Why should these companies be on the hook for content that is shared voluntarily, often by the very publishers that they'll have to pay if this bill goes ahead. And I guess one of the arguments from the government, from publishers, is that the whole reason Facebook exists is because people are posting things on the platform to talk about it, share it, get all excited about it. How Facebook is able to make money is largely through advertising of, of the eyeballs they have that are looking at all the things going on on Facebook. And they're saying, well, if you didn't have news links to post, there'd be a, a lot fewer reasons for people to be on Facebook chatting about stuff and creating that business model that you have. But Facebook is countering saying, well, news links actually isn't that big of a thing for us. It's, it's other stuff. It's people, again, giving their restaurant reviews or what have you, or talking about what their grandkids are getting up to. So they're basically saying, go ahead and do this. We don't care. We will just stop news links from being able to appear on Facebook as opposed to paying this levy. Yeah, there's always been through this discussion a huge overstatement of how important and how integral news is to these platforms. And I, I actually think that these companies are, are right to uh, go ahead with this because the government will, at a certain point, have to make a decision as to which road it wants to take. Global News has learned from intelligence sources that Ontario Progressive Conservative MPP Vincent Ke acted as the financial middleman for the Chinese Communist Party in schemes aimed at interfering with the Canadian political process. Ke has denied the claims, with his lawyers calling them patently and maliciously false, but they are detailed in two separate intelligence reports from the Privy Council office reviewed by Global News. After a Global News reporter approached Mr. Ke about the story, he called the allegations racist, although soon after he resigned from the Progressive Conservative Caucus. Well, he works to, in his words, clear his name. Uh, according to the sources, he received approximately $50,000 from a larger $250,000 budget set aside by the Chinese consulate for election interference purposes. No charges have yet been pressed. Anthony, I think this tells us what we should have already known, and I think most people should have been treating this as, which is not a partisan issue. But the liberals so far, who have been more squarely in the crosshairs of these reports, have made it into a partisan issue. Yes, and if the prime minister had said, look, let's just deal with this however the cards fall, I think people would have responded well to it. Because while we know that the federal candidates who have been targeted by the Chinese communist regime are predominantly liberal, we also know that there are some conservative candidates in the mix. So I think the bottom line is Canadians just want to know what's going on here. And they want to get through things without the spin. I think people are a little frustrated that allegations of racism are being used to dismiss uh, what are multiple major national intelligence reports that people are willing to face charges for the fact that they are leaking these documents because they can. We see that the RCMP is now pursuing the people behind all of this. There's clearly a lot of gravity to this. This is not just baseless smears and mudslinging, or one would think it would not be because people would not risk uh, their position so much by doing such things. 
What do you make of the tale of two responses we now see here? Justin Trudeau has stood by his MP Han Dong and basically accused anyone who raises these allegations of being racist. Uh, Doug Ford accepted Vincent Ko's resignation almost instantly. There was a bit of a delay, so not instantly, but very soon after. And we see from these two leaders very different perspectives on how to respond to this. Yeah, I think Doug Ford is taking a neutral approach, basically saying, okay, there's some serious allegations against this guy. Uh, I don't know. Or, or, or maybe we will find out what did Doug Ford know or not know in the same way we're asking you about Justin Trudeau. But he is saying, okay, fine, let's sort of uh, put this guy on the bench for a bit here as he works to clear his name or however this process unfolds, whereas Justin Trudeau is digging in his heels. And I, I think it's really emblematic of the way he has responded to previous scandals in the past. You know, don't admit any wrongdoing, stay firm and, and you know, barrel ahead and just flip it back on others, make accusations against others. And that has worked for him quite successfully in the past. Just not so sure it will this time around. Speaking of politicians under fire, in an interview with CTV over the weekend, International Trade Minister Mary Eng revealed that she never considered resigning or repaying taxpayers after the Federal Ethics Commissioner found she broke rules by awarding a contract to a friend. Here's what that exchange sounded like. With respect to the contract, I said this to the Ethics Commissioner, uh, to the uh, Ethics Committee when I appeared. The awarding of the contract met the Treasury Board guidelines. The services were provided and they met the Treasury Board guidelines. What I failed to do was to recuse. For that, I apologize. For that, it was a mistake. And uh, what I would say to Canadians is I will continue to work hard um, in my capacity. Um, and uh, and that's, uh, that's the only way I know how to, uh, you know, to keep doing this work uh, for Canadians in service of Canadians. Did you ever consider resigning? I've said that um, in making this mistake, I need to work very, very hard to earn uh, the trust of, uh, of, of, uh, of those to whom I serve uh, in my riding, but indeed across Canada. Um, but, uh, but no, I will keep working hard for Canadians. In May of 2022, then Federal Ethics Commissioner Mario Dion investigated Eng's conduct from spring 2020 involving a $17,000 contract for media training given to a company founded by a liberal strategist. Dion determined that N broke the rules by declining to recuse herself from the process that led to the decision to award the contract to the firm Pomp and Circumstance due to her 20-year friendship with the firm's founder, Amanda Alvaro. Eng did, though, issue an apology in the House of Commons as a result. Andrew, similar question here in terms of how politicians respond to being found uh, in a position of wrongdoing here. Eng basically responding, no, didn't consider resigning. No, didn't consider anything else. The fact that I have acknowledged these findings. The fact I've said I'm sorry is enough, and we're seeing increasing pressure from the public and uh, here from a host of a CTV program saying, well, hold on, maybe there should be a bit more. Well, when you look at the fact that Justin Trudeau has been found in contravention of the very same act on multiple occasions and has just skated by, paid the fine, and apologized, it's very difficult if you're a liberal cabinet minister to see how you could be expected to live by different rules than the leader of your party is. And I, I think that in, in this way, Justin Trudeau has really set the tone for how seriously, or in this case, not seriously, uh, these sorts of breaches are to be taken. So should we expect this to continue or should we expect the public to get so frustrated that it's like, 
come on guys, eventually there's got to be someone who you set an example for, or to your point, the tone has been set, so the only person who the example can be set for is Justin Trudeau facing consequences for some such breach. Well, I think the interesting thing there, and you heard it in that exchange, was the question of, do you really need training to know not to give a $17,000 contract to your friend? And I, I think that when you start to see these ministers stick to the letter of the law instead of the spirit of the law, there is just a general question of what the ethics culture is there. And I'm not aware of anything that has really tried to foster an ethics culture in this government. That's it for today, and don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.